This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah, one of my favorite times of the week. We welcome in the Waxinator, Jim Wexel from Steel City Insider. I hope that cough didn't hit you there, Wex. You got, we got, we got, we got, uh, you know, Wes is in the control room and he gives you that, well, Mike is hot and all of a sudden I coughed. <laughs> it was like, bam. How you doing, buddy? I, I'm good, Wolf. I didn't even hear it, Wolf. I, I think you're tattling on yourself for no good reason. I don't think anyone heard it. Dead gum. I had you covered, Wolf. All right. Oh, Never oh. tell the secrets of radio. Oh, man. <laughs> Doggone it all. I've, I've outed myself. Get Zeus. <laughs> what are you going to uh, do? Max, what are you going to do? You, you sit there and you think, okay, I just no coughed. There's no need for a tattletale. Yeah, I, I There's no need just... for a tattletale when, they, when Wolf is present. He'll just tell it himself. <laughs> I took the extra piece of pie, guys. You were wondering. Mystery no longer. It was me. I am him. He is I. Gee, come on, Wolf. Look, Man, talk about anonymity there. Regulations. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's not easy being me. Let me tell you something. Okay. All right, Wex. We've been talking a lot of lot of things already this morning. We've been talking about, uh, you know, the um, Mike Tomlin and the 19-3. and three. Is that an aberration? Is that, you know, something that he just seems to have a real good grip on and what Monday night football means? You know, we've been talking Kenny Pickett and his, his maturation process, you know, over the last – uh, several games, what three games? No, no giveaways, or you know the fact that on a, on a you know in a, a in an event, a, a kickoff that the NFL wants to de-emphasize, that is one of the most potent weapons that the Steelers are going to face with the Falcons this weekend. So if you'd like to take a bite out of any of those, brother, go right ahead or whatever you want. Oh, Wolf, I want to take a bite out of that piece of pie you ate last. <laughs> <laughs> Who told on that one? <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, how many Wolf. shrimp cocktails did you have, Wolf? How many shrimp cocktails? Go ahead, tell the tell tell the people now that we're now that we're in storytelling mode. All right, it was it was it was over half a dozen and less than a dozen. <laughs> oh my god, these yeah. are entire cocktails or just shrimp? Uh, these were yeah. shrimps. I don't know. They were big but, shrimps. But, but, a dozen but, shrimps yeah, or a were... dozen cocktails? Oh, no, no. It, it was, we're talking about uh, uh, shrimps. Yeah. Okay, Wolf. You know, that was a great the St. lead. St. Elmo's. Your... Yeah. yeah, that was a great lead to your column today. <laughs> I, I was not aware that St. Elmo's had a booth in the press box. Otherwise, I would have covered the game. Too. <laughs> <laughs> they were there. They were wearing like tuxes and they were dishing out shrimp cocktails. I'm like, oh. They spared. They spared no expense. No, they didn't. Max and I were, were they, killing well, them. Well, sparing expense, were they dishing out their filet mignon? They're pretty famous for that, too. Well, that no, they only had shrimp cocktail going okay. there. But Max stood up there. He was like, I thought he was at Vegas and playing, you know, uh, the, the you know blackjack or something. You know, hit me again. Hit me again. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, Wolf, that was a great lead to a great column. But oh, that was I have fun. to disagree with one point. You go it was ahead. the final point. I don't ever want to see that screen to Zach Gentry again. <laughs> ever. Ever. Oh. I'm tired of I'm telling you, it's there. Wex, it's there. You got neither guy, neither the, the kick-out guy nor the seal guy got a block. But if you look at the end zone from that, I'm telling you what, man, that thing is ready to pop with the six the six twelve there. Okay, because I keep wondering why they keep trying it and keep losing three yards 
And uh, if you're seeing something, maybe they're seeing it because I'm not seeing it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to defend Matt Canada, not because I think he's a great play caller, because I I just don't think he's as bad as everybody's making him out to be. Right. I think you got a rookie quarterback. You're going to have execution issues and a lot of youth on that that team, that offense, that's starting to come around. So I, I, I don't want to blame Canada, but then he goes and calls that play, and I, I have no choice. It's but there. To yell. I'm telling you, it's there. you well, the got to get thing. a block. Max, tell me about what's the lead guy got to do on the screen, huh? What's he got to do? Lee, the lead guy on the screen ha- has, to, has to first attach, then displace, right? Yeah. You have to take your guy and shove him off. Yep. And then you start to climb. Yep. And second guy, that is the that that is the peel guy. That is the guy that's looking for any other cleanup damage along the path. Now, what then, happens when the lead guy and the and the second guy, they don't do what they're supposed to do? Negative 3. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what happens? Here's the problem I have. 14 <laughs> things have to go right when you throw behind the line of scrimmage to the 612 receiver. <laughs> 14 things. There's only 11 guys on the field, Wex. (laughs) (laughs) And one of them has the ball. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay. Here's my other criticism. And I know you didn't bring me on to talk negatives after a great win. But um, my other criticism is the third. And, you know, it's funny because the mic picked up the defender screaming, they're running the same play. And that's yeah. that's a big thing in Pittsburgh. Well, that same play just gained nine and a half yards. So who cares, right? Exactly. And yeah. It, Aren't it you supposed to do half. that? Aren't you supposed to do the right thing? If you if it works, you do it again. Well, I wish they would have done it right after that guy shouted it. I wish they would have <laughs> ran the same play because it was third and an inch. I mean, run that quarterback sneak that everybody knows is coming, and you instead line up in the shotgun and hand it off and got stuffed. Yeah. So that was my other uh, 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 criticism of Matt Canada. Otherwise, you know, it was a great Kenny Pickett show. So when things go well, it's Kenny Pickett, right? Right, right. But I tell you, you know, Wolf, you uh, in your column today, you threw Ben Roethlisberger in there, which is not the first time I heard that after that great fourth quarter drive by Pickett. Bob Labriola used the same uh, uh, verbiage. Ben Roethlisberger, rookie year-esque. Okay, call us all crazy, but uh, that was uh, his best drive of the year. And some of those third-down plays were the best plays of the year. Mm -hmm. And and, and I tell you, it wasn't just Pickett. It was a couple other guys who've been taking some abuse all year long. One's Benny Snell. Mm -hmm. Benny Snell picked up a blitz on that third and – was it third and six, the pass to Pickens? It was, was third and six, yeah. and the pass was for 13, and Benny Snell picked up that blitz beautifully. Yes. And he picked it up so well that the blitzer was angry and continued on after he had been blocked and hit Pickett, and so that was 13 plus 15. So thank you, Benny Snell. Thank you, Kenny Pickett. And George Pickens, of course. And, uh, and whoever also, the idiot was that hit Kenny in the head. <laughs> and thank him. Yes, 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 yes. I believe that was that was your boy Zaire, right? 
Was it was it Franklin? I could I, I can't sure. remember, but it, it could have been because Zaire Franklin is I got a lot of respect for his game. All right. Yeah, he lost and, his and, cool there and, and hit Kenny in the head afterwards. But you're right. Benny picked him up very, very well. And then Benny popped one through for thirteen on that drive. Yep. And then Benny scored from two yards out. He cut back behind. I know everybody's giving Gunnar Olszewski the credit. But Dan Moore, oh, Dan yes. Moore sealed that guy. You know, Dan Moore had a terrible start. He gave up a sack, and then it looked like there was a communication issue on the next sack. That wasn't uh, him. By, I don't believe by that was him. It, it, yeah. it couldn't have been him, right? But he did come free, and Dan was blocking someone else. And Dan had a holding call early. So all the guys, you know, who were screaming, uh, you know, when the Steelers – before the win had like the fourth pick of the draft and everybody's looking at the great left tackles out there. Right. And you know, I'm thinking, man, I'd hate to waste a uh, elite pick on a left tackle when I, I keep believing in Dan Moore, but he, he has been struggling and left tackles will struggle. Right. Yep. Uh, especially when they're that young. And then the boy that uh, uh, look at that drive, look at the rest of the game by Dan Moore. There was some him. real, real violence going on with that guy. Yep. And uh, uh, boy, it's just some of those and those other guys can really run block too. There's, I, I know that the, the belief is there's a, a need for an interior guy or maybe two, but uh, boy, they can run block. And you're seeing some of that. You know, Benny Snell. I think 12 carries for 62 yards mm -hmm. and McFarland hit some, hit a couple runs and Najee yep. looked good early. Yep. So that run blocking's coming along. And I, I just, I, I got to believe Dan Moore. And my understanding is the Steelers like him as a left tackle of the future. So uh, my belief is now tending toward uh, the shutdown corner. I believe that they need uh, as, and now it's like up to pick 12, one win changes you from, I think the, what seventh pick or something to the 12th pick and it, i expect it to keep going up further well i i definitely can't argue that i mean you know dan dan had a uh like you said ha, ha, had his struggles but i thought the the entire offensive line just played with a certain level of aggression that i was i was excited to see something that yeah. i thought had been building and you saw it that when even when naji you know exits the game and Benny Snell has to come in and replace him. I mean, I saw a different Benny Snell running the football mm -hmm. this year. And I think it's also due to the way the offensive line was blocking. Like the holes were clear and Benny was decisive. And I thought that just added to it. And we just keep seeing this line grow closer and closer. I obviously want to clean up sacks and clean up the communication because you never want to turn a guy completely free on your quarterback. So <laughs> that's something that hopefully they watch some film and understand how the hots work and if if a call is there. Because here's one of the things that – I don't know if you remember this, Wex and Wolf, but early on in Ben's career, that's what the offensive line did. We, we actually would switch the protections to give Ben an easier hot read, mm -hmm. right, or to cover up the hot so that he could just throw. Who would call him and, in your day? Uh, it was Alan and uh, Jeff would argue over the calls. <laughs> <laughs> And if you were on the sidelines when they were debating about which one made the call and which one got it right or wrong, you just you just simply grabbed your helmet, walked to the side, and just sat down and looked straight ahead. You didn't even look in their direction. You you let them have it out, 
and, and because the one thing I'll never forget, I forgot who it was. It was it was um, it was I think it was Big Oliver Ross. Oliver, Big O jumped in there one time, <laughs> arguing with them about the call. And they, you need to shut. And, I was, and, and you just saw Big O just kind of be like, you know what? Never mind. I'm yeah, walking away. You get like, shut down. <laughs> Wax- oh my. They, they argued so much. Let me, let me tell you this. Hilarious. I remember one time, you remember Terry Long and, of course, our brother, Don Chilkin, right? We all, yeah. you know, yeah. I remember those two arguing like crazy. We're at the line of scrimmage, and Terry wants to call the protection, and and Tunch is going, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, it was, and, and then Terry would, like, take an attitude, <laughs> and he would just oh. shut up, and he wouldn't talk. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was so funny. Offensive oh. lineman, you can be so petty in your calls if your oh, parents like get hurt. Sounded yeah. like a husband oh. and wife thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it de- it definitely was. Like it definitely was. And our secret Santa was hilarious that year. I'm not going to disclose that. But some oh, of the now items you were have def- to. No, I can't. I can't. Statute of limitation is not cleared yet. <laughs> That's the beauty of Wolf stories. His statute is expired. Everything's expired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Nobody can argue it now. So, but I mean, but that, but that's one of the things where I'm like, I'm like, if you just it, it, like, if people actually got to hear, like, I know we get mic'd up and they get to choose, pick and choose what they hear from the mic'd up, but it, it is hilarious. I mean, I, I could tell this one, the statute is up on this one, but we're, we're playing San Diego and this is the this is the Super Bowl year. Remember, we had to play San Diego. They came to us in December, and then we played them like in the first round of the playoffs. Like after that, mm-hmm. it was like yep. a two week period. So, so mm-hmm. we, we have we have we have double run, and for some reason, Jamal Williams shifted over Darnell Stapleton. Okay, and they had so Darnell and Willie had this amazing double team block, and they and and they just dumped Jamal Williams on his back. They pancaked him. And they got up just talking noise because they were excited. It was a big run. And then Justin Hardwick comes running over like, hey, hey, you don't talk to him like that. And he was like, what? What do you mean? You don't have to block him the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and so we get into an argument. You know, I'm, I'm stepping between them like, hey, 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 it's Calm football. Down. Get back in the huddle. <laughs> argument. But he doesn't have to block. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, yeah, so no, we, we, we go through a lot. So that line is growing, and hopefully they get to that point that you can have those petty arguments together because that means you're succeeding uh, in your task. And you, you're also growing closer as a unit, if you don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Can I, can I tell my quick oh, Jamal Williams story? Yes, please. All right, yes. it's not as good as that, but um, I did my book, Steeler Nation, a road trip book, and I was – in Galveston, Texas, watching uh, the Steelers play the 49ers in 2007 um, from Casey Hampton's living room, where he grew up with his mom, his brother, brother's friends. They knew a writer was coming, so they invited a few more friends. Sis was there, and I wanted to have a uh, pregame tailgate with the Hamptons. I mean, who could party more than the Hamptons, right? (laughs) Yeah, and Casey, Casey allowed me, and we I went down there. That was part of my road trip around the country. And I went there, and I was playing San Francisco, and they were talking – I think it was San Francisco. It's like the third game of the year. And they were talking about how good Casey Hampton was, and then someone said, yeah, but Jamal Williams. 
I mean, you've seen Jamal Williams with the announcers. They're going on about Jamal Williams and how Casey has to take a back seat to the best nose tackle in the AFC. And I'm with the Hampton family, right? They did not oh. respond well. <laughs> you, you always wonder how families react to commentators saying things like that. And they did not care for Jamal Williams very much before or after the conversation. <laughs> Oh, that's all. man. That's yeah. all. <laughs> but you yeah. know what? There's no argument there. Casey was fans hands down better than him. You know, that's what his yeah. brother was shouting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But and, and that was the thing. That, that's what we always used to say. We were like, we would always say that Jamal Williams is a poor man's Casey Hampton. Like, like they oh, wish they no. had there Casey. There you go. Yeah. That that well that that's what we said as players because we we went against him and we know that I would rather block Jamal Williams than block Casey Hampton, yeah. Because at least I could get movement on him, on Jamal Williams. You can't get movement on Hamp unless he allows you the opportunity to then displace him because technically he wants to go somewhere else. That's really how how it felt like in practice. You know, Justin Hartwig wasn't saying that exactly, was he? No, he was not. No, he was not. He was- you know what's so funny? Think about this. About 30 years before that, Ray Penny, if you remember Ray Penny played tackle next to me for a couple of years early in the 80s. Ray came in the 70s. And everything. But um, Ray, Ray, I remember Ray coming into the huddle one time because Tunch, uh, they put Ray at tight end, and then he would go back to right tackle, and Tunch would come in for him when he went to the goal line tight end. And he came in and – and Touch did something. I hear Ray going, dead gummit. He goes, Touch, you got to stop, like, cheap shotting these guys and starting fights with them, and then you leave. Because I come in, and they're all ready to fight. <laughs> you know, Touch was so chippy when he when he was younger. Well, well, always when he played. But it was so funny. I just hear him yelling at Touch going, you get these guys all fired up, and then you leave. <laughs> uh, you guys wonder why I like hanging around with the offensive line. They got the best stories, man. I mean, uh-huh, let's face it, do. nobody loves the fat guys, right? I mean, it's, it's you got to have that that communal love for each other. That's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are the party. We are the party, <laughs> Wolf. Let's just, let's just let's just make sure. And a party doesn't start until we walk in. You that's, know? that's right. That's how we've always. That's how been. it goes. I, well, oh, you know, I, I think this line is 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 coming around to yes. To, to at least they're getting invited to the party now. Yeah. And, yes. and, you know, they've they've all played all the games. So that is going to be so valuable going into next year. There's been no injuries. So the cohesion should be building, and I believe it is. I believe it is too, Wex. Absolutely. Before we let you go, tell us a story from On the Clock and what's going on with that and where can we get it? On the clock, uh, well, you know, Bob Laviola wrote a great review. Uh, I saw have, that. That was awesome. Others have written uh, really good reviews. Uh, the Post-Gazette, uh, you know, just outstanding stuff. But Bob really nailed it when he led it with an Indian proverb. Uh, I can't remember specifically, but it said, tell me a story and I'll remember it forever. And that's <laughs> yeah. what he hit on, that these were all anecdotes. Uh, there's one anecdote after another. And that is how an encyclopedic type topic can be enjoyed Mm -hmm. without being hit by waves of facts after facts. 
these are facts after facts, but it's in story form. And uh, all the way from uh, William Shakespeare to Wizard White to uh, all, all through the 70s and then up to T.J. Watt. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 I mean, I could sit here and tell you stories from that book all day, but if you get the book, I, I, I haven't got a bad comment on it. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just people are enjoying it. People, I know you only went to Indianapolis uh, on your flight, Wolf, uh, but people are saying, I've read it by the time our flight landed in L.A. <laughs> it, 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 not that it's that small of a book, but it's, 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 it's enjoyable. It really is. I, even I, I wrote it. And I don't like going back and reading my stuff, but I uh, I enjoyed this rereading this. I, I think I think everybody will. I think it's a great Christmas present. You can get it at jimwexel.com and they'll all be autographed, or you can get it at Amazon or Pittsburgh Steelers Pro Shops, uh, Steelers.com. If you look up Labriola's uh, review, I recommend reading it, and uh, then you can click the link there that they have. So beautiful. The, Thank you for letting me market that a little bit, Wolf. Absolutely. Uh, and, 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 you know, your forward was a little different than most forwards. Uh, you did not talk about me. You did not talk about the draft and what it means. We all know what it means. Um, you told a story. Well. And it fit right in with the theme of the book, your anecdote about the first time you met Chuck Knoll is beautiful. I don't want to ruin it, but it's beautiful. It's a great story. Well, offensive linemen tell great stories, man. That's all we got, <laughs> yes, isn't it, Max? <laughs> that's all we got is stories because we don't have stats to back it up. Uh... <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jim Wexel. We so appreciate right. you, brother. Thanks so much. Buddy. All right. right. We'll Thanks, see. Wex. Well, you got it, buddy. Um, Oh, man, that was a great Jim Wexel, of course, on the clock. You heard everywhere you can catch it. We got our copies. Go get yours. They make great stocking stuffers. It is the Christmas season. Um, go to JimWexel.com and everywhere else that books are sold. All right, we're going to step aside. We are well within the power hour. Next time, we're going to continue to talk about this. You know, we're going to talk about the game. Of course, some other fun nuggets within the game. I want to I want to talk about the defense a little bit more. Yes. Um, and obviously, their 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 big big plays that were that were made in the game. When we come back here in the locker room, Wolf and Starks on ESPN and SNR Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's back. He wants to throw it. He's hit and Highsmith sacks him. The ball is out. Who has it? Colts got it back. But a big sack by Highsmith and that is his 10th of the year. He came in tied for second in the conference. You know, this young man's been tearing it up pretty darn good, even without the great T.J. Watt at the other end. You think about it, you know, he, I've talked to, to Alex. He's, one of his goals was getting double-digit sacks. He's already there. This young man's really made great strides. And when you see that the Steelers, and this is one of the things that, you know, really hurt when we lost T.J. Watt and his incredible abilities for a big portion of the, the first half of the season. You think about this. 14 sacks 
the Steelers have had in four wins. In the seven losses, they've only had eight sacks. And that that's like it directly correlates to their inability to be able to put pressure on the quarterback and get wins. You know what I'm talking about, Max? Oh, absolutely. I mean, pressure's the name of the game. And when the Steelers are, are humming, that that's what you can expect. And I think, you know, for this team moving forward as – as TJ continues to get his uh, his quote unquote field legs um, for the football field, yes, the, the, it can o- it can only get better. Um, and here's one of the things that I'll be watching for is Wolf. Do you know what the big milestone coming up this uh, game that could be set? The big milestone? No, I don't know. TJ Watt. Okay. Did give you, did it make anything? Nope. Uh, so you know it's it's an empty well here, but okay. <laughs> it is okay. Yeah, hey, trying to build up the anticipation. So TJ needs only one and a half more sacks, okay, to get to number seventy-five. Okay, so seventy-five sacks, and if he does accomplish that feat against the Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. he will become the second fastest player, or tied for the second fastest player to get to seventy-five sacks. Um, in the least amount of games. Really? And do you know who he'd be tied with? Who? His brother. Oh, get out! What a oh, that's a great yeah. stat. Yeah. Oh, so if that's he gets superb. one and a half sacks against the Falcons, he will tie his brother um, in getting to seventy-five in eighty-two games, second fastest. Well, we did have we did have one guy that jumped out. That was Pat Fryermuth. You know, he got a career one thousand yards uh, in his twenty-sixth game which is fastest to, you know, 1,000 yards. Um, he's tied with Eric Green with the Steelers for that. But that's, you know, that's just a personal thing. But, man, 75 sacks in uh, the least amount of games, That's that would be impressive. Yeah, no, that, that that's something that he's, he's, gaining, he's gaining towards. So, hopefully for TJ, we're going to keep our fingers crossed for him. That would be a great milestone. Then another thing, another interesting fact about t- Pat Fryermuth, in case you were wondering, Wolf, yes. thanks for asking. Yes, um, I'm asking. Pat is third in the AFC uh, amongst tight ends in receptions and receiving yards. Yes. Yes. Do you know, I said, if you remember, well, I, it might have been before you came on and when I was talking with Chalooch, but I said, you know, at some point in time, this kid is going to be, when they have conversations about the best tight ends in the league, his name's going to be thrown around in there. You know, there's no well, doubt in my mind. Yeah, no, I mean, there's some great just intrinsic things that Pat Fryermuth brings to the table. Not only, you know, just a physical presence, but just the way that he that he plays that position. I mean, he just has an instinct and a nose on how to get himself open and how to make himself friendly to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always a great trait. When you think about tight ends, how do I make myself available? How do I make myself, you know, uh, a target option. How do I keep myself free enough to where they can find me at any point? And so, Pat's been doing it. He's 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 right there, third. Um, you know, you think about especially the young guys. You know, comparing Monday night. I mean, you just look how the Colts just leaned on their tight ends at one point. Oh yeah. And I think that's something that we haven't taken full advantage of. Right. But we all. But but we but we did in the Cincinnati games. We did mm-hmm. lean a lot going into the middle of the field. And I think that's just 
something when you get to matchups, you just got to exploit it. And it's good to know that you have a Pat Fryermuth on your team that if you need to do it, he's there and he's and he's ready to rock and roll. Absolutely. I was, the one thing I was a little bit disappointed in was the fact that I thought, you know, uh, statistically, the Colts don't don't cover tight ends very well. You know, they they, they, they had not been covering yeah. uh, the tight ends very well up until that game. And so I was thinking, you know, you might see a lot of uh, the, the Muth getting a lot of targets, but he didn't get that many targets. Uh, had some good catches. And I will tell you this, too. He is really coming on as a blocker, as is the big 6'12", Zach Gentry. He had some nice blocks the other night uh, in, in, uh, in in the Colts land there, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there, was, there was some great ones. And I think that, that that's what we're just trying to see, right, is the totality of this team. Can we, you know, build and continue to build on that? I mean, the biggest thing we got to do is stack a win, right? Yes. I, and we have a perfect opportunity here to stack a win because then that, that really shows the progress of your team. Because I think we've seen the incremental, we've seen the moments, but what does it look like to be, to sustain that momentum? And so that's what I'm going to be really interested to see as we go down to Atlanta is can we sustain that momentum? The connections that we created over time, can they come in and play a factor? Can you now draw off of experiences now or at this point in the season and how those experiences can help you not to make the same mistakes again and that you can learn from them and possibly, you know, improve upon and take advantage of the opponent? With that experience, that that that's that's what we're getting towards. And like you said, the more we integrate Zach Gentry, the more we integrate Pat Fryermuth into the offensive game plan, and not just a changeup or an afterthought, but really put them in there to succeed and give them some first look options, some quick game. I think I think that that can be that can be the the bee's knees, man. That that could be one of the things <laughs> that that will continue to make us grow as a team and give us some inspiration as we as we not only close out this year but look forward to to next year. There's no doubt in my mind. Look, there's been a lot of growth this year. Look, I I I get it. It's not the year that that so far. It's not the year that you want to have. But you know, it's in the struggle. It's in the journey. It's always part of you know. It's a season long type of affair. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. not something you 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 simply can't you know you can't be down. You can't sit there and go, well, we're just getting a better draft pick. That it's it's not how it it is. I mean, that's your life in there, and this is your your team. This is your guys, and that fight in you has got to be. That's that's the, that flame that you bring is is part and parcel of what everybody brings to the the big dance when you go out there for the game. Uh, you cannot have any. De- diminishing aspects of that you've got to make sure that you keep bringing your enthusiasm day in and day out like Mike Tomlin was talking about in the press conference yesterday it's not something that can can flag or or be a variable it's 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 really hard in in times like this but that's when a lot of times that's when your best growth happens because you are so much under the gun and facing some adversity that it sometimes it tends to kickstart a lot of things Pressure does two things, Wolf. Right. It can it can burst pipes, but it can also create diamonds, and we want to see we want to see the diamond creation diamonds. going right. <laughs> diamonds are forever. Yes. You know. Um, yes. As oh gosh, now I forgot her name. Um, That's okay. Uh, Don't worry about it. All right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm getting. It was a famous actress. I forgot her name. Um, 
she also said diamonds are a girl's best friend, but she also said, I thought she also said diamonds are forever too. Um, <clears throat> but <laughs> I digress. There we go. There, that's the limits of my movie knowledge have now been tested, and I forgot it. Um, it's like busting I, the I, internet, man. Come on, get you with know, it, I buddy. know, I know. What's yeah, up with as, that? As, as, as Jeeves has finally shut down. Um, <laughs> But I think, but I think that that's that's what the journey is about, and, and I know every year is going to be different. So you can't really compare all oh, this year to next year and this year to last year because things do change. But there are constants, and there there are foundational things that you can grow upon. Because I mean, just as we saw the defense have that kind of you know furious finish and knew that this team was a sacking team a year ago, we came out week one. And they put on a clinic. They they put the rest of the NFL on notice. Then of course we lose T.J. Watt, which right. was a big catalyst of that with all with the with the youth we had. Um, it really exposed kind of our depth on the edges, and we kind of had to go to some links to find like Jameer Jones and to find a jo- um, Malik uh, Reed. Reed. Yep. You know, and go trade for him. So I mean, th- there are some things where you look at okay, we th- what could have been. But I think that's something that as we as we end this year, there's some things where we say what's going to be, right? Instead right. of looking back on what could have been, you start projecting forward about what can happen. What can we do that can really make a big movement? All right, Wolf, we're going to step aside one last time. Okay. Because it is the bell lap <laughs> coming up in the locker room for this uh, a great – power hour that we do have so we will come back in a moment step aside pay some bills you're in the locker room with wolf starks and the ninjas here at snr and espn radio This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Snell, the lone setback. A run look. Jet motion. Snell through a hole. First down at the 35-30. Stiff arm at the 30 or at the 25. And he's down at the 23-yard line. Needed one, got 14. Blackman kept that from becoming a longer run. Max, the thing that just mystifies me is about the fighting spirit of a man who, though you've not had any basically any touches, you only had a couple of snaps on offense, and here you are. You know, you you were a you you contributed a great deal in your first couple of years, getting carries and everything like that, and you're not able to, um, and then you are called upon all of a sudden, and bam, your response says everything about the professionalism of a guy like Benny Snell. And, of course, and also, um, you know, McFarland, too, is another guy that uh, we have to include in there. But Benny Snell, I just wanted to, to kind of, like, finish up talking about him. That's He he delivered when, you know, it to, to prepare week in and week out and not play is extremely difficult. Yeah, it is truly the resolve of the next man up, right? The starter and waiting. You just have to bide your time and just make sure that when your number's called that you are prepared for that opportunity. And I can finally say that this is this this was that moment. We needed Benny Snell. He stepped in and he filled that role 
and he just he just played the position to where there didn't feel like a significant drop off uh, from Najee Harris to Benny Snell. Right, right. And you're already without Jalen Warren, so <clears throat> to know that you could go three deep in the running back depth chart and get that that type of production uh, in some tough situations, tense moments and situations. I thought was great. Then, of course, Anthony McFarlane, right? Right. I mean, Anthony McFarlane is a guy that we've known about. We knew he had explosive big play capabilities. We saw it in the preseason. But, unfortunately, you know, numbers, games, and injuries, you can't really depend on that. And and to have him available and bring him in and for him to also play the amount of snaps that he did, I thought both of them did a tremendous job, but especially big kudos to Benny for stepping in in that position and knowing that, you know, you have other responsibilities, but this is the main thing when you do get your shot, and he took full advantage. He did indeed, and I just – a little tip of the cap to uh, his professionalism because, again, that's just really difficult to deal with. You know, when you have been a contributor, then you aren't able to contribute, but you got to prepare each and every week like you're going to be a contributor, and it doesn't happen, then all of a sudden it's thrust upon you. How easily you can fail in that moment because your preparation will show up every time as lacking if you have not been preparing all along. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and those are the mo- – and we've seen people in situations not be ready for the moment, right? Right. And guys who have missed that opportunity, and that might have been your only one in your career was, this is my moment to really show them what I'm about and possibly create future opportunities for myself and to create, you know, comfort with my coaches, um, trust and faith and instill that with, with, within them. And we, I've seen plenty of guys who squandered those chances, right? And guys who, as B.A. would say, you know, don't be the guy at the bar saying, I would have still been here had I been able to count to three. Yeah. Right? You oh, know, yeah. That, that's what you don't want, I think. And I think Benny Snell, for all of the things that were said about him and, and when he was a running back the first go around, he went and he re- retooled himself to make himself a core four special teams guy to where it says, hey, listen, I might I might not be running the football coach, but let me be of service. Use me, right? right? And became one one of those guys that we look to on special teams to make the big play. You know, to also minimize the big kick returns. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but unfortunately, he he had to change job descriptions and put a little "Hello, my name is" sticker on his jersey momentarily <laughs> to reintroduce, reintroduce himself to the offense. And uh, boy, oh boy. He might have had the sticker on at the beginning, but by the end, trust me, he everybody knew his name, and I think that's was that's what's impressive um, about Benny Benny Snell and his resolve mentally to to get over that. I mean, I know that personally, and so it it ta- it takes a big man, it takes a lot of lot 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 of Co Jones to get that done. Yeah, and, it takes uh, a little bit that. of humility, you know. I mean, to you know, step back and and reground yourself and think about it. You know, Benny was never the best at picking up blitzes. He sure picked up the blitz pretty darn good the other night, you know, on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, Benny, you know, you don't think of him that much as a pass catcher. He caught a ball. Benny, catching the the, uh, the cutback runner, we've always known him to be that. But, boy, did he look good with power acceleration at the right moment, a little bit of jump cut, getting lateral, then, you know, digging out and going forward. I, I just – I really, I really wanted to salute his his professionalism because 
for most people that if you've not been inside the bubble there, been a player and understood what it was like to be a contributor, then suddenly you're not because, you know, it didn't go well in camp or whatever and somebody goes by you like Jalen Warren. And then you, you still got to find it within yourself to compete and get better and be ready. And dead gummit, he was ready, man. So good for him. Great job. Uh, let me throw another name at you. And the guy that, you know, has struggled at times and then come he, he, he just comes through and doing a good job is Arthur Mollett. Arthur Mollett, again, looking like a, you know, a slam-bam guy, doing some great things both defensively speaking and on the special teams. Yeah, and and I think my biggest thing that I'm looking at, and this is more big picture moving forward, Wolf, is, you know, who are who are the guys that we're going to identify as being the next ones to take those jumps, right, mm-hmm. when adversity happens, when adversity um, hits – and, you know, being without Robert Spillane lets you know how important Robert Spillane is. Right. Right. Um, I think that was one that, you know, finding that news out that he wasn't going to be there, I think that I think that kind of hurt the defense a little bit, not having him. But he's also one of those guys, that core four special teams guy, right. that's going to go out there and play hard as well. But when he's not in the defensive line, you miss him, right? And I think that's something that I, I wonder if we'll get to that point with Benny Snell. Um, you know, depending on how the opportunities shape and, and form, um, that if we, you know, because look at Najee, Najee, Najee we don't know, um, right you know, how long. he's going to progress. We'll, 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 we'll get through that. We don't also don't know how long Jalen Warren as well. So, right. you know, with those missing elements, creates a bigger opportunity for guys. Let me th- and so you wonder. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I just – we're running out of time, and I want to throw another name at you because you, you just kind of like went boing, doing in my head there. Think about it. Chase – we got Chase Claypool going. You got Miles Boykin was hurt. Cody White comes up and does a pretty fine yeah. job. Yep. Nope, that's another one. I mean, Co- Co- Cody kicked things off for us right in the yes. offense. Yes, yes. I mean, he came in, instant impact. Heck, I, I, for- I forgot he was on the roster, Wolf. I mean, right. that just lets you know, you know, and, and Cody was a guy right a year ago. Cody was in the mix. He was making some plays for us um, at different points and contributing to the team. And then now you look at that, like you said, you, you, you traded away a guy. You got some injuries in the receiving core. We're looking for that third guy, right, to fill the Claypool void. Yep. Um, Boykin's out. Gunner ha- has a specific role, and so does Steve Sims. Um but, yeah, Cody White comes in. That's another big body type that's a willing guy to fight people. So, good one, Wolf. Good one. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Glad you brought that up. I have my moments no matter how few and far in between they are. <laughs> yes. And those moments count. And guess what? If you missed any of those moments today with Wolf, you can go feel free to download any any of our shows today. It's even separated by the hours. You can go on the Steelers mobile app. You can also go on the iHeartRadio app and wherever else you get podcasts, but not only in the locker room being available to you. We also have uh, the standard, the blitz. Yesterday was the, the Godfather himself releasing one of his two podcasts a week. Every Tuesday and Thursday, you can catch Dan Saverin um, dropping a podcast. And then, of course, Johnny. I missed Johnny yesterday. <laughs> and Johnny, Johnny. Re- You can't pinch to Johnny. I'm Johnny. Johnny, sometimes it doesn't come in the first half. It comes in the second half. And right now, that's what I'm doing. So Steelers Week in Review with Wesley Euler dropped yesterday as well, where he broke down, I guess at that time, 
the game from the night before, and then, of course, the game this weekend. So feel free to go check up all of those uh, on on the different sites that, that, that you get podcasts, but more specifically, Steelers mobile app, iHeartRadio app. You've been in the locker room here with, with Mr. Craig Wolfley, and I'm Max Starson. Of course, Wesley is back there, Euler, in the, uh, in the engineering room. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.